Hey guys, how you doing today? Can I get you started with something to drink? Is your aging loved one home alone, forgetting to take medicine or pay bills? The Caregiver Cafe with Roz Jones has a menu of resources to serve your caregiver needs. As a caregiver, Roz understands your daily challenges. This podcast focuses on the unique and dynamic issues of caregiving. Once again, welcome back to the Caregiver Cafe. I am Ross Jones, and today we're going to be talking about the business of life. And our sponsor is Jacksonville's Best Caregivers. When you can't do it all, you give us a call. So my uh, recent uh, conference I went to was called the Care Colloquium, and almost 150 people met in person and virtually. And the... Oh, my God, the impact of that since then, the residue, the excitement, the thrill has uh, hasn't gone away yet. And so one of the um, people that I met, and I'm going to say her name right, Dara. Am I saying it right, Dara? Dara. Dara, gosh. All right. <laughs> I was trying to say Sarah, <laughs> Dara. Okay. So Dara, Dara. Yes. Was one of the great people that I was able to come in contact with and the years of experience and the things that she does, it falls right in line with what I do parallel. And I think everybody had some type of connection uh, there um, either as a caregiver or, you know, some of the hands-on things that we do and even just starting with the basics. And I think that's where all of us connected. So I want you to uh, introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Uh, Thank you, Roz, so much for inviting me to join you today. And it is truly my pleasure to continue this dialogue and expand the dialogue about um, how to streamline and simplify the business of life and how to better manage the business of life and how that can benefit you in your own life, but importantly, how it can benefit you as a caregiver. And uh, I am from Boise, Idaho, and I am a consultant. I consult with families here in Boise on just that, particularly with family caregivers on how to step in and um, help their loved ones manage the business of life and how to simplify the management of household and financial and legal and all the details of life. Um, and to do so gently and with dignity and in partnership with your loved one and ultimately knowing that you may in fact need to manage it all. But how do you work together to make sure that you have the information and the documents you need which lay the foundation to make all of that possible that then allow you to really focus your time loving and caring and not running after papers and documents and administration um, and making sure you have the tools you need and the foundational tools you need to effectively manage the business of life. Let's talk about one or two pieces in, in, in part one. Let's talk about one or two pieces that you could start with when we're operating and as, as you said, the business of life. You know, usually I tell people, if you don't do anything else, go to the bank and make sure that's yes. taken care of first. So is yes. that something you can talk about? So I, I can, and I think there's a couple of things that I would do is, first of all, you need to make sure that your loved ones know where your assets are, and it starts at the bank, mm-hmm. right? And they need to know where your accounts are, and you need to have structured your accounts in the way that is best for your family. And there is no one perfect way. It's very individual. You need to consider 
your needs, your family structure, the size of your estate, the complexity of your estate, but ultimately, whoever you're going to ask to help you needs to have the appropriate permissions and access to help you. Um, in many cases, that will include a financial power of attorney of some kind or a pay on death beneficiary of bank accounts. And I encourage people to assess their situation, talk with their bankers, talk with their accountants, talk with a consultant like me to figure out what's right for them. So financial is one foundation. The other thing I tell people is health perspective. I'm sure you talk about it, Roz. It's so critical to have your advanced directives in place and make sure that whoever is going to be asked to make healthcare decisions for you, if you're not able to make them for yourself, really knows what your wishes and preferences are and is in a good position to be able to support them. So financial and health are really important. And then ultimately, when you really stop and think about it, there's a real foundational household understanding. If somebody needs to help you with management of your household, they need to know really the basic things that we all take for granted. Like, where do you get your mail? And what day is trash day? And, and you know, where do you turn off your water? And all of this administrivia of life that, in my experience, it's those little things that become the tipping point for a family caregiver in crisis not the big things, right? It's, I have no idea where the trash can is and today is trash day. <laughs> I, I, I so empathize with people now because um, some people know, some people don't. My father uh, died while we were at the colloquium and I didn't know it until I got home. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so w when I got home, uh, I had a little business card in the, in the door and um you know the police the fire department and all that were trying to get in contact with me needless to say it wasn't uh, um there was an explosion in the house and that's um he was cooking and yeah. yeah so you know all the things that i talk about my dad didn't do <laughs> isn't that awful isn't that awful? Well, so Roz, i have to tell you all of the things i talk about i now talk about in a professional way because of a personal failure as well. And so many of us who met at the care colloquium come to this space we are in because of personal experiences. And even with the amazing personal experiences that bring us together, as you've just indicated, we can't always control everything and we don't always get it right with our own families. And I'll tell you that where I am today is because I was consulting with families, helping with this, when I actually got blindsided in my own family and had a failure in our own family. May I tell a quick story? Absolutely. Okay. So I have had a lifetime of caregiving experiences. Um, it started when I was very young and I didn't call them caregiving then. I called them being a daughter and being a mother and being a wife and being a, a niece and all of those mm -hmm. things that we do. But I learned a lot along the way and was helping other families based on my learnings to, to navigate this space, this complicated space. Well, in 2001, my father-in-law had a massive heart attack. And we became, was given five-ish, five to 10 years to live. And we became what I now call an activated family. A doctor has looked you in the eye and said, it is time to put your affairs in order. 
we're giving you five to 10 years. And we got it together. My mother-in-law was a retired legal secretary, knew exactly what needed to be done. We mobilized, we did that, we took a deep breath and we decided to go on living. And five years passed and my father-in-law was still alive and we were grateful. And 10 years passed, we started calling him the Energizer Bunny. 17 years after he was told he had five to 10 years to live, he walked in on his own two feet to see my now 18-year-old son graduate from high school, something we never in a million years imagined would happen. And six months after that, my mother-in-law caught the flu and died in five days. And we were completely blindsided by our expectation bias because we expected her to go first. And so having had that experience, I really stopped and said, what is it that's missing? And what do families need that they don't have, including me, mm -hmm. to effectively manage the business of life? And um, when I couldn't find what I was looking for, I ended up creating a software tool to help families do this important work so they could have a place for all the information and the information all in one place. And had you asked me five years ago if I was going to be a software developer? Oh, good grief. <laughs> I would have laughed. Right. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> you know, just like you said earlier, life experiences put us in a position to help others <clears throat> and not realizing yes. that it's going to be, you know, it could possibly even turn into a career or we could be a lifetime advocate. And, and I want to say this, as we are talking to our loved ones, make sure you have small conversations. Don't, don't sit up here and, you know, Hey, we got a book. We're going to go through this book. And they're looking at you like, um, see you later. So I, would, I just, I just want to make sure that you guys understand as you approach someone that's in their seventies, eighties, nineties, and even one hundreds, they have a sense of, I still want to maintain my independence and I'm not going to let go a lot of things. And yeah. that's what, and that's what my father did. My father did not um, share anything. And so now we are going through file cabinets and we're going through the house. Uh, you, you know, it's been, matter of fact, one month and two days because, you know, yeah. A month ago we were at the colloquium. Yeah, we were. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, we were at the colloquium and, you know, um, and, and like I said, I didn't know I get home and, you know, like you said, <laughs> wow, it, it, you know, just, just blowing my mind. And, and I'm, you know, my sister and I are like, uh, I know you, my mother remarried. And so, you, you know, my mother gets on us every year this time to turn in our paperwork. And she said, have you turned in your paperwork? Cause I don't want to deal with this. If I had to take care of you. And yeah. I said, well, what about you? Have you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a running joke, but the whole thing is, is that, um, this experience doing all of this, you know, even down to the, his retirement, his social security, the insurance, all of, the, all of that, we had no, um, uh, address, telephone number, contact. I mean, all of this is because a lot of this I've been able to do is because of the experience I've had. Right. You know, well, and, and you can sort through it. You can find your way through it, but it's really painful. And, I ended up activating and becoming an advocate and entering this space in a more formal way. Honestly, Roz, I so feel for you and your family for what you're doing because it was 2000, early 2018 when we were doing the exact same thing. And it was three months almost exactly to the day after my mother-in-law unexpectedly passed and my husband 
was in the kitchen telling me about his latest adventures in finding the stock uh, stock certificate that went with that particular record and this insurance policy. And he took a deep breath because he was leading, right? He took a deep breath and he looked at me and he said, Dara, when do I get to be sad? And it completely broke my heart. It broke me. And I said, we can do better for families. We must do better for ourselves and for families. And so when I have an opportunity to talk to you and your listeners and to people around the country, I really encourage you to stop and think about laying that foundational that foundational element of your toolkit as a family manager, as a caregiver, and it's to have your information and documents. I call it the first foundational step step in upgrading your family information, your family caregiving toolkit is the information management. And that's the data and the documents. And, you know, while I have a solution that I've built for my clients, I tell people all the time, I want you to find the solution that works for you. If it's my solution, wonderful. But ultimately, what I care is that you do it, not how you do it. So really taking that breath and stopping and thinking about how to do that. And it includes, as you say, starting small. But when you start with those small conversations, they actually can snowball. And in some cases, you'll find your loved one saying, you know, can we do, like, let's set time and let's do this a lot, you know, step by step, because the sense of relief that they then get knowing that they have their ducks in a row, they have their mm -hmm. affairs in order. Mm -hmm. Once they have moved through the anxiety and the stress of having those conversations, it can often move the other direction and they want to move quickly and get it all together and all done. And, and, Oftentimes we use the holidays to sometimes talk and I want to say sometimes the holidays aren't good. <laughs> and, sometimes they are not. Yeah. And sometimes they're not. So you have to, as I talk about the conversation, I want to make sure you, you pick a time that's correct. That's appropriate. You know, mom, I want to spend some time with you and I want to talk. I want to talk about me. I want to talk about you. And I want to talk about a little bit about this. And then, you know, maybe every three or four months have a conversation, but gather your information don't wait until someone can't talk or I can't talk. Who's going to speak for me when I can't speak for myself? And if right. that information is not in place, it's a, it's a whole situation. And so, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm using my daddy as an example of what not to do. <laughs> as many <laughs> we, of us. <laughs> we all have them. <laughs> we all have them. But, you know, I want to, I want to talk about that, the, um, the software that you have, if you want to talk about it in this segment or the next segment, but we can do it in the next one, okay. it's, whatever works best for you. I, I really, um, I, that's really the how, and I'd love to focus here on the what on the and what. the why. Right. Um, and I think that the holidays, I think the other thing that I would say is the holidays, whether to have the conversation or, around a holiday or whatever is is really depends on the family and on the situation. I don't suggest it during Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner, right? But if that's a quiet time of reflection for the family and you're talking about values and what's important, it can become a natural place for the conversation. But I do encourage people not to make it about 
what I might need to do for you when you can't take care of yourself, but rather what we might all need to do for each other as a family, because that's what families do. And it's not just about gathering this information for your aging or ailing loved one. You should be doing this for yourself too. And if you lead the conversation from that perspective of, I'm doing this for me and my family, and I want to make sure that you all know who I've asked to be my healthcare power of attorney, who, where my documents are. It, it really changes the conversation because this isn't really about just people who might need you because we all should do this. Mm-hmm. People often ask me, Boston, how do you start the conversation? And I said, everybody is different. I, 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 there is no, you know, handbook, SOPs. It's just something that, you know, it, you know, I always say people, people tell me, Boston, caregiving is not sexy. And I said, no, it's not. However, it has yeah. to be done. It's not what if, but when. I don't want, I don't, I don't want to end, the, the when to come without the if. And, 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 and what I'm saying is, is that when that time comes, I would rather have a piece of paper that says, this is what she wants to do. This is what Roz wants versus I don't know if she wants to stay on life support. I don't know if food wants to be withheld. I don't know if she wants to go to hospice or an assisted living facility. I don't want anybody stressing like my sister and I are doing now. I, I can't bring closure because I'm still going through this plus probate, plus we got to do an estate sale, plus, plus, plus. Plus and and plus, it's, plus. and it's not equaling anything um, good so far as for me to be able yeah. to like your husband said. When do I get to just just be sad? Yeah, I um, it's interesting when people ask me where they should start the conversation. I always ask what's what's most important or what's of greatest concern to the family, right? Where is that spot of concern? And, um, you know, it could be the healthcare power of attorney. And what a wonderful, the greatest gift you can give to your family is them knowing what you want and not having to guess and, and feel about that, whether it's money, health, you know, assets. Um, but I'll tell you, sometimes it's a really simple place to begin. And the entree I found with my father-in-law after my mother-in-law passed and we got past this and I realized I really needed to have a different level of conversation with him and make sure I really knew what he needed, what he wanted. The entree for that conversation, the very first one, Roz, was when he was starting to tell me what I needed to do to help him irrigate the pasture on his property. It sounds silly, but here's what happened. He, he was getting ready to, you know, be gone for a week or so. And he was telling us what we needed to do to come irrigate the pasture. And I thought he was going to come, you know, show me where the head gate was, turn this on, runs for a couple of hours. And the list was, you need to call the water master and order water. You need to call the ditch rider to open the gate. You need to call the neighbor to tell them you're going to flood the pasture and they can't do it. And then it was like all of these steps. And then you had, to, I, I was like, Oh, <laughs> wait, what? And I said, Dad, give me a minute. I've got to write this down. And it was that moment that I was able to say, what else do you have that's like this, wow. right? 
if I if this is what I need to know about the what the pasture, and it turned out there was a septic tank, and mm -hmm. so we started with the house and the household and the property because it's not as emotional and as um, triggering as the healthcare end of life decisions and sometimes the money decisions. But when we were able to lay that foundation around some things that were just very practical, it allowed us to enter into some of those other conversations in a less threatening way because we were working on what we do to help each other. And you know, when you allow them to take charge with the conversation, you, you will, um, be surprised at how much information they give you voluntarily and you're not pulling yeah. teeth to get it. So um, um, if you listen to what Dara said, that uh, starting a conversation sometimes completely away from, you know, uh, advanced directives or banking, then you can come, you can backtrack and say, oh my God, I didn't know all of this about the house. What else? Do we need to take and document? So if something happens, you know, the farm can still go on. Your house can still be managed, yeah. you, you know. So I, I I love that. I love that. So uh, uh, once again, I just want to kind of retract what she talked about to, uh, in this first segment. She talked about um, at the time of death, you know, uh, who, you know, who's going to be the, uh, the, the person that's going to get the uh, be the beneficiary at the time of death. That's something that you may want to do at the bank. Advanced directives, help surrogate, power of attorney, uh, living will, trust, uh, your um, stocks, bonds, whatever, your mortgage. Insurance policies. Insurance policies. <laughs> um, if, if you're a teacher with retirement, um, household management, you know, the mortgage, the, the, the house insurance, the who cuts the grass, who turns on the water, the power company. Do you know who, uh, you know, because in some places the power company and the water company is different or it could all be in one, you know, one bill. So the power company could be different from the uh, from the gas company. So you need, you know, you could turn off the power, but the gas is still running. <laughs> there's a lot. And I think it, there's so much. And and really it is, you know, I, I finding a way to do that all in a, in a systematic way. I, I have one other tip sure. I would really like to share. Um, in addition to starting with non-threatening, I really do encourage people to start with themselves and mm. demonstrate to their parents, their loved ones, um, their family members that you're doing this too. And the other way that we really made this transition with our, with my father-in-law is I, it did gather all of our information together. And even though he is ailing and he's in his 80s, he is still alive, by the way. It is now 22 years after he got his five-year life sentence. Wow. Um, amazing. And he, you know, I know, though, that if anything happened to my husband and I, people would expect him to help my children and to know how to help my children, and he would want to. And so... I actually went to him with some of our critical documents, including the name of our attorney, the name of our accountant, the name of our financial advisor, some basic information about the house, our healthcare power of attorney information. And I, I even because he doesn't use the computer, I used my tool that printed it all out and put it in a notebook and went to him and said, Dad, I know that if anything ever happened to John and I, 
that you would want to help the kids and they would come to you asking for help and wanting to know how to navigate this and what to do. I've put together the key information that you would need to be able to assist them and know how to direct them to the right people. Can I give this to you and show you what's in here so that if that time, God forbid, ever comes, you have what you need to help them? And what did he say, Ross? Yes. Oh my goodness, yes. Please show me what's in there. And so I walked him through the basics of what he would need to help my children if they needed to step in if something happened to us. And he took that and he said, oh my goodness, I'm gonna put this right on the desk. This is where it is if we need to update it. And I was able to then say, what do you think, dad? Should we do something like this for you too? Because then it was, I'm sharing what I need you to do to help me. What can I now do to help you? And it, it really changes the conversation when it truly becomes a family conversation. What a great way to end the segment. What a great <laughs> story. You're a great storyteller. We're going to have to put you Thank on some you. stages. <laughs> <laughs> I just tell the stories of my life, Roz. I know, I know, I know. <sighs> you know, just listening to you gives me some relief as I'm still in my situation. It does. And and talking, uh, using the podcast and my blog and, and, you know, social media to, you know, just to keep me, to keep me going, to keep, to keep my part of, part of my life that I love, um, is, is, is helping me, um, through this process. So I want to thank you for your part in this. Thank you, Roz, so much for inviting me today to share with you and your community. Well, we have, uh, listen to Daryl. I'm saying it correctly. Yay, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have talked about part one of, of managing, um, uh, the managing of business life, the managing of business life. And so we're going to come back with Dara again in part two in just a minute. Thank you so much for listening to the Caregiver Cafe. I hope that you have dined sufficiently on this great uh, menu today. Please uh, refer this uh, Caregiver Cafe out to someone and share it, download, and pass this information on. Now, don't forget to come back for part two because Dara has a way where you can put all this great information together and so that uh, your loved ones are not left behind. And we'll be back with part two. Until your next visit to the Caregiver Cafe, connect with Roz on YouTube, LinkedIn, and her blog at thecaregivercafe.net. Caregiver Cafe podcast specializes in serving those who provide care and support to a sick or aging loved one. I'm the voice guy, but I'm one of you. So when Roz has on experts or frontline workers, I'm listening. We hope you've enjoyed the show. In the meantime, don't forget to connect with Roz on YouTube, LinkedIn, or at the blog at thecaregivercafe.net.